Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Rev with Rachel, where we recreate, enlighten, and vibrate in our radiance. This podcast is the place to learn about healing, transformation, potential, and radiant living. I am Reverend Dr. Rachel Whetstone, but please just call me Rachel. Thank you so much for listening today and learning about true healing from the inside out. This episode is brought to you by the Rev with Rachel Affiliate, Source Code Meditation, an online education and meditation practice for awakening your higher brain and expressing your most radiant, authentic self. You can go to the show notes for the link to sign up for a free enlightening webinar with the creator, Dr. Michael Cotton. And I would love to stay connected with you. If you want updates about Rev with Rachel and living a Rev life, please go to www.drrachelw.com and enter your name and email address. I will send you my nine happiness and healing essentials, which talks about some of my favorite healing tools. And the link is in the show notes. Also check out my Facebook page, Rev Life. Like that on Facebook and you'll get more updates and content through there. Today's episode is called Heal Your Body with Belinda Farrell. Belinda is author of the book, Finding Your Friggin' Joy. She graduated with a BA in Spanish and English from the University of California at Berkeley and is trained in hypnotherapy, past life regression, NLP, Hawaiian chanting, and ancient Hawaiian healing called Huna. Belinda trained with Anthony Robbins, the author of Unlimited Power, and has effectively used these skills in her own life. She has completed 18 firewalks. I want to hear more about that. <laughs> when Belinda was 48, she collapsed with herniated discs and spinal nerve damage. Threatened with paralysis by her medical doctors if she didn't have surgery, Belinda instead chose to apply the ancient Hawaiian healing practices she had been learning in the previous three years, which are covered in this book. Her back completely healed, including childhood scoliosis. For 15 years, she has been sharing these healing practices with others, offering reconnective healing and HUNA classes and taking clients to Hawaii to teach HUNA and swim with wild spinner dolphins. Doesn't that sound amazing? Welcome to the show, Belinda. Well, thank you for having me, Rachel. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to connect with you. I, I enjoyed just our brief conversation before our, our recording here, and so I'm excited to hear more. Well, where do we, where do we begin? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, people who are often teaching others on healing principles and applying them in their own life have a personal story. And I know I mentioned a little bit of that in your introduction here, but would you expand? Tell me more about um, how you ended up on this path of teaching others how to heal. Well, I had a divorce at 40 years of age, and it was like my, my life had to begin again because I was always pleasing other people. And now it was like, what do I do that's exciting and fun? And how do I get out of my shell? Mm. So what was advertised in my neighborhood was Tony Robbins and firewalking. Mm. And I thought, what in the world is that? Oh, my gosh. I thought, I thought, what better way to get out of your shell than to walk on fire? I don't know where that came from. but Wow. <laughs> I, I did that, and it was just a rush. And I kept coming back for more training, and I ended up being with Tony for about five years 
doing, you know, his stage managing and just learning as much as I could. And I walked 18 times. That's true. It was like for every year that I was married, I seemed to need a fire walk. Mm. And what it did is, is open you up to, it's like a metaphor for your life that if you say, gee, if I can successfully walk on this 2000 degrees of hot coals, what else can I do that I didn't think I could do? Oh, right. And so what came up from my gut was I always wanted to drive a race car. And I thought, hmm, Tony teaches you if you say you can't, you must. Oh, okay. A mantra for your life. If you can't, you must. If you must, you will. So I called to find out where I could learn how to, you know, just drive a car, a race car. And it took me to Sears Point out in Sonoma. And I signed up for a four-day Grand Prix road racing course, scared to oh, death. Oh, my gosh. Scared to death. And because I had never even driven a stick shift. Okay. So I just was like a sponge. I said, you know, just teach me because I don't know a thing. And it turned out I had some talent. Oh. And at the end of the four days, they hired me to drive for Cadillac and Buick in New York. And my stunt driving career began. I I. They created a course for me back at the racetrack, and I learned how to do spins and slides and all kinds of terrorist driving, and I had a partner, and we went all over the country doing films and car commercials. Oh, my gosh. That just sounds like a wild ride, literally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to listen. I mean, there's a case of just if I had never listened, so I can't drive a race car. Mm. If I had poop-hotted, I never would have had that experience. I was eight years doing professional driving until then finally my back collapsed. Mm. And I was faced with the herniated discs and nerve damage. But I had been studying the ancient Hawaiian Huna. At the same time, I'd been going to Hawaii to learn about hypnosis. I was just like a sponge. I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to learn why do people do what they do? Why are they in such fear? Um, Why am I in such fear? And I was in fear of water. Mm. Here I go to Hawaii, (laughs) a little island covered by water, to get my advanced training. And so I had to face that fear. I wouldn't even tell Tony that I was afraid of water. I was too embarrassed. Mm. but I had been afraid of water all my life. And so finally I was, you know, forced to look at that. And when I was doing an exercise, which is in the book of this ha breathing, where you breathe for 10 minutes in sets of four, deep ha breathing. And what came up was just amazing memories, but also what came down into my mind were these dolphins and whales And they had never been on my radar, never had any aquatic animals in my radar because I didn't want to be in the water. Yeah. (laughs) And so they started invading my dreams at night and teaching me how to swim. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I'd wake up in the morning and I'd have this yearning to be out in the water with the dolphins. And I thought, how is that going to happen? I want to be with the dolphins, but I don't want to be in the water. But eventually my desire to be with the dolphins you know, exceeded my fear of the water. And I'd had somebody take me in and the dolphins came to me and they started downloading information and I was hooked. That was 20 years ago. Oh, wow. So do you, did you at this time have kind of spiritual practice that you did, you know, 
to, to really. experience that in dreaming or not really? Not really. I, it was the breathing. It was the ha breathing. And they had taught us, um, the Hawaiians came in and taught us this ancient practice of forgiveness, which is called ho'oponopono, to make right, right. And I was doing the ho'oponopono, which is just erasing the judgments that you've had on events and people from the past because it drags you down. It drags down your energy. So you say, I love you. I'm sorry. I forgive you. Thank you. Just those four phrases. And as things come up, you just, it's like a cosmic eraser. Mm. The memory will come up and the memory isn't necessarily the problem. It's all the things attached to that memory. Our thoughts are imbued with painful, painful memories. And the intellect works to try to solve it, but all it does is push it back down inside you and creates more of a, you know, of a clogging. So Mm. by just saying, I'm sorry, I love you, you're saying that to yourself and to your higher self. You're forgiving yourself for the way you're looking at that problem. And it does immediately, it creates like a space inside. It neutralizes and purifies that place. And it replaces it with something divine of light. Mm -hmm. And you start feeling lighter and more wonderful. So that was what I was practicing. I, yeah, I love that. I've used that in my own life too. Any kind of problem that arises, I can um, use those statements yeah. to, to heal and to clear that experience. Well, if you do it together with the breathing, the 10 minutes of the ha breathing, okay. you're, giving, you're giving permission to your unconscious mind who runs your body. It's like a little two-year-old to open up this vast reservoir of memories that it's been storing. That's its job is to store all of your memories till you get closure on it. Mm -hmm. And it'll keep holding on to that reservoir because it, it loves you unconditionally. It'll run your body based on what you've got there, that blueprint that you have presently. And if it's not a real good blueprint, you know, your organs start to break down. Mm -hmm doing the best it can so every once in a while it'll think you know well I wonder if she can handle this today whoop out will come some kind of feeling thought you know picture and you decide well I think I'll go shopping or I'll go take a drink you Mm -hmm. know decide not to deal with it but if you decide to deal with it if you breathe through it maybe you'll get some type of um, insight and you'll put closure on it, like putting a period at the end of a sentence, mm-hmm. and it leaves your body. Yeah, wow. That sounds like a powerful practice. So now you describe this in your book, right? Right, yes. So tell That's me more of- about your book, Find Your Friggin' Joy. <laughs> well, it's almost like, you know, if you really want to take the reins and really want to take action in healing yourself, this is a book that will get you started. It's, I, I have a chapter called It's Not for Sissies. You, know? mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to really yeah, expand on that. Yeah. Well, again, you, you take 100% responsibility for everything that happens to you. That's one of the main, um, you know, the main points of accepting Huna 
to use Huna as a way of healing is accepting 100% responsibility. In other words, if I created this to happen, I can uncreate it to happen. Mm-hmm. Because remember, things happen to us. We can't change what happens. All we can change is our interpretation. And some people, you know, live their life as a horror story, the way they've interpreted what has happened to them in their life. If you can change that story and lighten it up a bit and learn a little bit from it, you can move on and become more creative. You'll have the energy then to create something new and something more fun Mm -hmm. rather than dragging the past with you. So it's all about changing your perceptions. And yeah, I love how you're describing it because that's the R in the Rev with Rachel, recreate. Oh, Oh, yippee. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, we can do that. We can do that if we accept the responsibility in the first place. Mm -hmm. So, and then part of Huna is, is leading a hurtless life. So you wouldn't say anything to hurt yourself or to hurt somebody else. And if you do, there's the forgiveness. Mm. So it's um, those two principles are essential for, for doing this work. And it's getting the tools that you can use to really heal yourself. When I collapsed and I was told by my doctors that I was never going to walk again unless I had surgery, I mean, I was like, I was crushed, but I thought this, they can't determine my life like this. I, I didn't have any insurance at the time either because I was doing the stunt driving and then they dropped me because I couldn't do any work anymore. Mm. So I had no <laughs> reserve, you know, to go to a hospital and have surgery. I said, I've got to learn how to heal myself. And so all of these tools that, that I had been learning, I had to see if they really worked. Mm-hmm. So I would just spend, I was a month in bed I took codeine from an osteopath to get out of the pain so I could concentrate on the healing. I, could, I put a, a picture of an aligned spine in front of me so I could drink that in, breathing that into my body. Because the unconscious mind is like a faithful computer. Whatever you tell it, it's going to mimic and it's going to do. So if you, know, if you tell yourself you're angry or you're pissed at somebody, the unconscious mind creates a chemical that bruises your heart muscle. Bingo. Immediately it does that. So you have to become buddies with your unconscious mind so that you guys can work together as a team. And so I, I started to really just say to myself, thank you for regenerating. Thank you for remembering to support me. Because all the years before, I would say to myself, I can't be supported. And I didn't even know I was saying that. It was unconscious. Mm. If you take time to really listen to what you're saying to your body, it'll make sense if you have certain symptoms that mirror that, you know, that saying. So I was just really shocked when I found out how debilitating my vocabulary was in, in regards to my support system. And as soon as I started to reverse that, and started looking at trees as my spine, strong, healthy, you know, just supportive. You know, I'd stand up next to a tree, you know, this was after I was healing, and just, you know, see everything as a support. Thank you for supporting me. 
Thank you for regenerating and remembering how to support me. So everything shifted from that moment on and I started getting stronger and memories started to come up and those are in my, uh, my book as well. And really integral memories of myself as a fetus and I, my mother had never told me that she had taken me to three abortion clinics. Mm-hmm. And so the memory of this little fetus inside came up of like being tossed out into, uh, into the universe like a piece of garbage. Mm-hmm. And she was just flagellating all the way, you're trying to avoid all these asteroids and comets and you know, going a million miles an hour, it just seemed like I was just going to crash and burn. And then suddenly these hands come down and lift me up and put me safely in the arms of this divine being that's standing on this precipice, looking down on all that chaos. And I felt safe. I felt secure. I felt loved for the, I think for the first time, I didn't have to prove that I was worthy to be loved. Mm. And that's one of the major um, problems that people have. They, they think they have to earn somebody's love. Right. And, uh, it's just, again, it, it comes from a very deep root level. You bring it in with you through your DNA, through your ancestors, and you're here to heal that and know that there's something more than just the love that humans can give you. There's that divine love that, you know, supports you throughout your lifetime. And then we can eventually be that yes. for, for everyone and for the world, which is amazing. Well, one, once I felt that, you know, I didn't have to work so hard and I mean, I was just relaxed. Yeah. I felt relaxed and, and validated and accepted and I talked to my mother about this, and she finally admitted to me, you know, that my father and her, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, again, it didn't happen. I mean, I fought to be alive, fought mm-hmm. to be here. And it, it just was really a great revelation. What a beautiful revelation. I mean, to, you're sharing a lot of really deep truths that that we can tune into and experience through through and for ourselves? Well, right after um, I felt that way, I could then kind of see myself climbing trees again. I used to love to climb trees as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I started to see myself climbing trees. And that's what you have to give to the unconscious. You have to give them the end result of what would you look like if you were already healed. You, you don't just say the words, you know, my back is fine, everything's fine. But see yourself doing an activity that proves to you that you can, that you have a strong back or whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I saw myself climbing trees and then my unconscious mind gets all excited because it's this emotional little being. And so it sends that desire up a pipeline to the higher self. And the higher self makes that possible in your physical body. Wow, that's awesome. So that's, that's the whole procedure is, is being able to clear the pipeline 
of your negative thoughts, like going to Roto-Rooter, you know, only you're the Roto-Rooter. <laughs> and, and, then, and then sending those desires up in an unencumbered pipeline up to the higher part of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how the higher self does it because it's like explaining physics to a two-year-old, you know, but it drops it down and it's in charge of, you know, healing your physical body. That's cool. And it sounds like you're speaking so much to that recreate, like we're, we're practicing telling ourselves something different, a new story, like speaking of our potential instead of what we, what's holding us back. And yeah, it's all our thoughts. It's all our thoughts. And when we can just, you know, erase those thoughts through the process of Ho'oponopono and just saying, you know, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, thank you. I take a cutting instrument and I spin it around me and I just watch or sense those people down below me just moving away. And I have that all outlined in the book with diagrams and it just gives you a visual of what you're doing. You're forgiving yourself for the way you're holding on to that perception with that person or that event. And then it just becomes something greater. You deal with the, with the issues at a much higher level. It always puts it in a more loving light. Awesome. Because, yeah, and when we can unwind those energies that we've locked up in ourselves into that old stuff and the old story, we liberate that from, for something greater. Yep. When you said unwind those energies, uh-huh. when, I, when I go to speak at different events, I take with me a bag of um, film that's just all kinds of strings and strands and sometimes wrap people up around in it. (laughs) (laughs) And then they, you know, they cut the cords and they step out of it. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. And so you're also speaking a lot about visualization. Well, it's, it's, I'm visual. Some people are not. So Okay, so that's not like an essential part. No, no, you can be auditory or feeling. It's just, you know, a a little bit more easy when you can visualize the person or the thing that's down below you, but you can feel it or hear what they said. I like to create yourself up on a platform looking down below you, and then you place people down below you that you're courted to, you know, like your mother and your father and... um, the book takes you through all of that. And I also have a CD called Chant and Forgiveness. And that takes you through the entire forgiveness process as well. I created that over 20 years ago. Mm. So that's for people who are auditory and, you know, need to have that reminder. And I think it's also available in, on Amazon and iTunes, as well as my website. Oh, and Wonderful. They- And I guess while we're speaking that, why don't you share your website? You can share that now. It's um, hunahealing.com. And that's huna, H-U-N-A, which means secret and healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G. Oh, awesome. And is your book on Amazon and your website? Yes. Yes, it has been there. And Barnes & Noble, I think they can order it as well. Oh, perfect. Yeah, I like what you were talking about um, in your book with It's Not for Sissies 
Um, it, I, one of my experiences with, you know, I, I decided I was going to master my mind and my thoughts and what I'm putting out there and what I'm putting my energy into. And I remember, you know, I had a story of, oh, life is hard. All these different things were like hard and overwhelming. And, and then I was like, you know what, this mental mastery thing, I'm thinking, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> And then I, and then I caught myself up. I'm like, oh my gosh, now I have to not tell myself that this is the hardest thing. So now I'm like, mental mastery is so easy for me. (laughs) Mental mastery is so easy for me. Well, isn't that great? We, I just call it, um, Tony called it transformational vocabulary. Oh, okay. I like that. So, you know, it's just like, sometimes I can be around people and they say, oh, I'm going to panic here. And I said, don't ever say that word. Mm-hmm. As you will, as soon as you say it, you'll you'll do that. I, I don't know if you recall these these Taiwanese boys that were trapped in the cave just yeah. recently, and their their coach had them, you know, meditate and just go deep inside and take deep breaths and, you know, just kept them away from the p word, mm-hmm. you know, so that yeah. they were able to you know to get by without food and. It was really an um, extreme example of of how we can quiet our minds, right? And um, and we can get out of that lower brain stress response. We can right. train ourselves to do that. Just being calm, being calm. Because as a stunt driver, I mean, we were never allowed to use the panic word. If we had used that, we would have died. Oh. So it was always, you know, just see the focus, see what you have to do, stay calm, carry on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, yeah. That's oh, I love that. Is there, I mean, we've talked about a lot of awesome concepts and truths today. Is there anything else from your book that you would like to speak to for the listeners that you think is, you know, something essential that they could walk away with today and apply? Well, just not being so hard on oneself. You know, just really, you know, just saying those words, I'm sorry, I love you, I forgive you, just taking the burden off of your shoulders so that you can feel, you know, accepted by yourself first, and then the world doesn't matter what they think of you, it's that you have to accept yourself first. Mm-hmm. And that I just saying, I love you, just saying that during the day, you don't even know why you're saying that, but you're just saying it, you're going to just feel so much better. You know, just, I'm sorry, I love you. I'm sorry, I love you. When anything comes up, and then it becomes like a mantra. If you say it for 21 days, thinking about it, it'll become part of your regime, you know, (laughs) part Mm -hmm. of your ritual. And breathing, I think breathing is so important. I swim with the wild dolphins and I'm in awe of them because they have to come up every seven minutes to take a deep conscious breath. Oh, and do they? they yes, if they don't, um, they'll die. Mm. And we die a spiritual death if we don't take that deep breath to the top of our heads. In the book, I have a an example of filling a glass of water at the top of your head. Every breath you take fills that glass just a little bit more. You breathe it up. And then, ha. It's like a ha breath. It's a deep breath through the nose that gets all the way to the top of the head to fill that glass. And then you exhale and breathe it out. 
and you'll just feel calm after doing that. I do it automatically when I get in my car and I touch the steering wheel. It triggers me to take that deep conscious breath like the dolphins. Mm, that's amazing. And, and it is such a necessity because our body needs oxygen to right. thrive and just consciously breathing deeper instead of, because we can be so shallow in our breathing. And, right. and, and that's how you stress. That's what we kind of get locked into. Yeah, that's, that's how um, stress is created by shallow breathing. Mm. That's the recipe for stress. Yeah. <laughs> Just breathe shallow through the, through the mouth and through the chest and you'll create depression. And mm. yeah, it's not, not a good place to be hyperventilating. You go into the sympathetic fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And you want to stay in the parasympathetic. You know, you want to stay calm. Stay calm and carry on. Yeah. <laughs> and you did that in a race car. <laughs> yes, all kinds of cars. <laughs> I yeah. also loved, so before the show, you shared that you were Snow White at Disney after you had graduated mm-hmm. college. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to be a tour guide. I really did. I wanted uh-huh. to be a tour guide. That's what I had applied for. And they said, no, we think you'll do Snow White. So off I went. Yeah. <laughs> little dwarfs. And <laughs> oh, what an amazing path. It was fun. Well, I, I was interested in acting at the time. And so I thought, well, you know, this is a good, good precursor to some kind of part I'm going to play later in life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Until it wasn't. And then I moved on. Right. ABC and... Anyway, it was, it's been good. Everything, everything in life should be an adventure that you step into and not be afraid to, you know, to face it. Mm-hmm. Because you never know where it's going to lead. You know, I may not have picked jobs for the amount of money that I was going to make. I picked them for the excitement, the adventure, the learning, and the joy of just the experience of doing it. You know, I, I became a news reporter for six months because I'd happened to be at the right place when after I went on strike and I auditioned and they gave me a car and cameraman and a sound man. We went out and got stories. <laughs> this wow. was in the 60s when women weren't out on the street. Oh, my gosh. But, yes, but it, it just was a great experience and, you know, led to me finally getting a job with a senator in Washington, D.C. So you just never know where things are going to take you. Mm-hmm. That is so true. But yeah, it just sounds like you said yes to those opportunities that kind of, that freaked you out a little. Yeah. I did that got you out of your comfort zone. Did not say no at all to anything. So I have no regrets. Mm. And that's a, that's a good place to be. So now in my third chapter of my life I don't know <laughs> I don't know what lies ahead but it's been awesome so far the only you know my son did pass away 10 years ago that was horrible oh, time. I'm sorry. great grief because he took his life over some pain medication mm. and he saw me heal my back and he instead went and had two he called them failed back surgeries and, um, you know, just couldn't deal with the pain as a result. Oh my gosh. So he eventually overdosed on 
the pain medication. So that was what I, I couldn't really do healing after that. I had to heal myself again. It was just very difficult. Mm. And I had lost a lot of money, all my money, in fact, in a Ponzi scheme. So I was really, the, the rug had been pulled out from underneath me. And I had to see if, you know, I, I couldn't be a burden to my daughter. So I just stayed with cutting cords and trying to be in a positive way and knowing that, you know, the money doesn't define you, you can do fine. And I started to take care of my grandson, you know, in, instead of um, doing what I was doing before. And it all just turned out beautifully. You know, it just turned out beautifully. I had a friend that took me to see a movie called The Living Matrix that featured Dr. Eric Pearl and Dr. Bruce Lipton. Mm -hmm. and, and I watched Dr. Pearl do this healing without touching this little boy in a wheelchair with cerebral palsy. And he had, people had just given up on him. He couldn't even hold a cup. And after the three sessions, he was out in the playground playing and holding a cup for the first time. And I just knew that I had to learn what this was. So I had my own reconnective healing done and the reconnection and my grief was lifted. Mm. All the grief that I had been carrying. She didn't know a thing about me, nothing. And that's the best way when you have a client and you don't know their history, you give an opportunity for these frequencies to find where it is the deepest place that you can be healed and go there. So I just was ecstatic over this, um, not technique at all. It's not a technique. It's just, again, stepping up to a higher level to expand your consciousness and receive information and light. And so I went to get trained in Chicago and I came back and went to Hawaii, started doing this and have been doing this ever since. It's, it's helping other people heal, whereas the HUNA helps yourself to heal. Mm -hmm. So there's two different modalities. Okay. Wow, what a beautiful illustration of, of our potential and our capacity to heal. And I, I thank you for sharing your story. Well, it's, I want to help people. You know, you just want to just help as much as you can while you're here on this earth plane. And people need to be empowered to know that their bodies can regenerate. Mm -hmm. You just have to give it the right information, you know, and when you say, I, when you go to sleep at night, you can talk to your unconscious mind and say, you know, when I wake up, I'm going to be 120% more healed. Thank you. Do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you've already set the stage and, you know, it, it goes and does exactly that. It's a little computer. Mm-hmm. And do, so, you, do you speak at, at all to intention? Well, that is your intention mm -hmm. to heal. And just to be specific, you know, that's um, if you want to say, like, I've had, I play a lot of tennis and I use my right arm a lot. And so I was having shoulder problems and I tore some tendons in it. So, you know, it just, it just takes a while. And sometimes I get, a little bit um, antsy, you know, wanting it to heal too quickly. 
but I, my intention is seeing it, you know, seeing the tendons come together and it's already much better. It's already like 50% better. So, you know, you just have to be patient and talk to the unconscious. Lovely. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Belinda. Well, I am just honored to be here. I hope I imparted some information. And again, it's, it's the person's desire to take action. You know, some people don't want to take action. They'd rather have somebody else come in, take a pill or something. This is, these are more um, procedures where you have to take action yourself and decide you know, I'm sick and tired of being the other way, so I'm going to try something different. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do something different. And, you know, healing and all of this, it's a full-time job. Being conscious is a full-time job because you're always checking yourself. What did I say to myself that created this? <laughs> what did I do? You know, if you keep doing that, then you start being more gentle with yourself. I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like we become more self-compassionate because we just become aware of all that is in us. And then when we become self-compassionate, we can be compassionate to everyone. And, you know, just don't hang out with real negative people. Mm-hmm. That's another, you know, kind of a given. You know, try to surround yourself with people who are going to encourage you to be positive. And if you're not, you're still going to be authentic about it. You know, you can't hide if you're sad or you're angry, but you just don't hold on to it for years and years because then it eats you up. Right. So laughter, you know, that's always the best medicine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to laugh a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a friend yesterday, we were just talking about meditation. She's like, she was listening to a guided one and she just found it so funny. She laughed and she, so she's like, I can't do it. I'm like, oh, but you are doing it because it made you laugh. And now you're, <laughs> you know, you're accessing that state we want to, to access anyway. Like that's perfect. That's right. and that was, that's the reason for my book. Uh-huh. I, had, I had a friend and she was very kind of sad and morose most of the time and I just could never get her to kind of open up and laugh we were in Hawaii and we were watching this poor little turtle get slugged back and forth on the rocks from the waves and she was just lamenting about this poor turtle I got to go down and save this poor poor turtle and I just looked at her and I just said just find your friggin' joy Mm -hmm. and she burst out laughing (laughs) first time she just burst out laughing and I never forgot that if I could make her laugh you know then that was a good beginning for I didn't know I was going to be writing a book at the time Mm. but I I never forgot that yeah it was also something I didn't want to do just like going in the water for the first 40 years I was scared of water and now I swim with dolphins. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to write a book. I just said, I, I don't have the discipline, blah, blah, blah. And then I had my reconnection done. And that accelerates you onto your soul path. And then I got whispered in the ear, you're going to write a book and we're going to help you. Ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, okay, fine. I'll sequester myself for three years and not do anything. And voila, there it was. It came out. Oh, that's wonderful. I am so excited to read your book. Oh, I'm so happy. Yeah. Yeah. 
it'll clarify. I tried to write it because I, I taught third grade uh, for five years. So I tried to write it so that everybody could understand it. Mm-hmm. A lot of visuals in it and, you know, just it's, it's not written in a lot of fancy schmancy language. It's just written in everyday language. So that yeah. That's perfect. I mean, I know, and that's, that's recommended to authors that we write like at a seventh grade level or lower. Third. <laughs> Third. Perfect. <laughs> Good. I'll be able to understand it. <laughs> Hope you like third grade. I do. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you so much for being on the show, Belinda. It's been a pleasure. Oh, well, it goes too fast. Where did the time? I know it does when you're having fun yeah so listeners for more information about belinda go to hunahealing.com and check her out there well i hope you're having a good summer weather in minnesota it's been quite a summer yeah it's the warmth started early and so i am loving it <laughs> i've never been this tan actually i've been oh. in california and then i was at my parents and at my brother's pool and now the the boys can swim all over and I don't have to watch them like a hawk, you know, yeah. <laughs> and their, their endurance is increasing, you know, the time they can be outside and all that. It's fun. Oh, that's great. How old are they? They are, they're going to be eight and 10 next month. Oh, so it's, it's a beautiful age. I'm really enjoying it. And I'm, I'm so grateful for my own healing journey that I can appreciate all the moments instead of being frustrated and overwhelmed. Well, thank you for being here to represent us and to get all this information out to other people. Yes. That's a gift. Yes, it's life-changing. So thank you for sharing your message today. Well, aloha. (laughs) Aloha. Hey, listeners, my new book, Radiantly Free, Recreating Life and Health from the Radiance of You, is now on Amazon. Chapter by chapter, it will help you to free the mind, free the body, free the soul, free you, free others. It goes on and on. My hope is that it speaks to your soul and helps you to heal and become free from the inside out. And I have an app that will support you on your journey to inner healing and radiance. You can download it in the Apple or Android stores. It's got a meditation timer in there, and you can subscribe for more features, including my daily recreators, power words for retraining your mind, and get special push notifications from me with quotes and other messages for your healing journey. For that information, go to rachelapp.com. With that, remember to rev, recreate, enlighten, and vibrate. Thank you for listening. Until we meet again, be love. This is the EWN Podcast Network.